You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined once again by my best friend, Ben Weir. Great to have you here again, buddy. Hey, always great to be here, man. Well, this week put us just over the halfway point of the NFL season, so I'm going to recap all the action from Week 9. In the Thursday night game, the Houston Texans actually hung around for a bit before the Philadelphia Eagles put them away 29-17. Hertz had another solid performance going 21 of 27 for 243 yards and two touchdowns. This put the Eagles up to 8-0 on the season, which is the first time in franchise history that they've hit that mark. Hertz was happy for the season, but tried to keep things in perspective as he shared, hey, back in college in Alabama, we went 14-0, only to fall short on winning the goal of a championship. Ben, obviously not a huge win against the lowly Texans. I'll go ahead, Hertz. He, uh, you know, just kept things in perspective after the game and, you know, just not trying not to get too high because obviously everyone making a big deal about the Eagles starting 8-0 for the first time, first time in franchise history. But props to him for just kind of trying to keep things grounded and not get too excited. Yeah, I like seeing that, to be honest, just because for what you just said, I mean, a lot of people are just calling this team a Super Bowl team already. And it's, uh, I'm not going to say the same thing I've always been saying. I, I don't see that but like um i was happy to see that like he's it seems like a very humble player he knows because he's had experience i mean he's been with a a program alabama that always wins and he was always a a big part of that so i mean it was it's nice to hear him saying that i I was very surprised to see the texans even in this game at halftime 14 to 14 i mean obviously the eagles pulled away Uh, yeah i mean he's 100 percent right i mean they've got to they've got to actually do it in the playoffs regular season's not going to matter besides seeding so we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But, I mean, definitely a good team um, up for offense and defense. The Los Angeles Chargers keep having to find new place kickers, and they keep giving the new guys the game balls. This was the case once again as Dickers kicked two field goals in the fourth, including the game winner as time expired, to deliver the Chargers to a 2017 win over the pesky Atlanta Falcons. Then a slow start almost cost the Chargers in this one as the Falcons jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what the Falcons do. They get leads and then just lose. <laughs> I mean, this is what they've been doing for the last few years here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, was it crazy the last few minutes? Everybody fumbling the ball, it seemed like. Uh, but, yeah, the Chargers just found a way to get the win here in Atlanta. Uh, they have not looked. I mean, I was. I know a lot of people were really high on them, but they just have not looked good, in my opinion. I mean, I, Herbert, I feel like, has taken a step back. Still could be hurt from earlier in the year with his ribs. I mean, I, it's definitely probably a concern for sure, but they just haven't impressed. I mean, I know they don't have Mike Williams. They don't have Keenan Allen. But even when they had them, I still wasn't that impressed with their offense. So I, I don't know. They've just been a very weird team this year. You brought up the fumbles of the game. What was up on that one where the Chargers fumble, the Falcons recover it? And then literally fumble like five, not even five seconds later and give it right back. I was like, what? (laughs) Nobody wants the ball. It's hot potato game now. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Crazy. Well, there was a shootout in Chicago as the Dolphins escaped the Bears winning 35-32. Tua had another superb game going 21 of 30 for 302 yards and three touchdowns. And Miami is now 6-0 in games he plays from beginning to end. Justin Fields was even more incredible, throwing for three touchdowns and rushing for, get this, 178 yards and a touchdown. Absolute beast. That's an amazing game for a running back, let alone the quarterback of the team. 
Bennett was so good that he earned himself NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors, which was well-deserved. But I would have to think he would have rather had the win. Oh, yeah. Justin Fields would tell you any day of the week that he'd rather have a W than running for almost 200 yards and throwing for three touchdowns. But, I mean, that 61-yard scamper where he, he wasn't even looking to run the ball. He was literally looking to throw the ball up until he got to the line of scrimmage and then was like, all right, I'll just do it myself, and then I'll run 61 yards in the end zone. And he's sneaky fast. I didn't know how fast he was, but I, I saw that play, and I'm like, holy crap, he's quick. But, yeah, great. He's doing fantastic things. It just sucks he's on the Bears because they just have nothing. So hopefully they can get him some help, or maybe he'll get out of his rookie deal and go somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned it, too, is undefeated. So, I mean, Dolphins are Dolphins are pretty scary. Uh, they've, they've got a good team. Um I mean, obviously, they've got a two-headed monster in Waddle and Hills. I mean, just covering those two guys like everybody thought was going to be a challenge. Uh, but we'll see what they can do here uh, with the AFC East, which is now kind of wide open. Yeah, for sure. And then they added, you know, Chubb, outside yes. linebacker position. I mean, that yes. was a huge pickup for them. So, yeah, the already yep. scary Dolphins got even scarier. And, I mean, they just keep winning. So, obviously, they ride or die with Tua. So, as long as he can stay healthy... Yeah. No more concussions, no more missing games. You know, I feel like they can go yeah. far. And like you said, yeah, the AFC is wide open now. So yeah, we'll see what happens down the stretch. Well, Joe Mixon had himself a day having 22 mm-hmm. carries for 153 yards and four touchdowns on the ground while also hauling in a 12-yard touchdown pass on a Joe-to-Joe connection. Bengals beat the Panthers 42-21, and Ben, as happy as fantasy owners had to be about Mixon's performance, Cincinnati had to be even happier. Oh, yeah. Mixon had like uh, 60 or 70 points. I can't remember what it was for, for fantasy. So, like, it was, but that was almost by halftime. Like, it was crazy. I mean, he was the whole offense. And, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised that they beat Carolina. I'm just surprised at how, you know, how well they beat Carolina, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because they didn't have Jamar Chase. So, like, where are they going to find the offense? And clearly in this game, it's going to go to Joe Mixon. And then Baker obviously came out second half because P.J. Walker played atrocious, uh, and he threw for t- two touchdowns for them, so he might be taking over the starting job again. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this is kind of where Cincinnati goes to feel out, you know, while they're waiting for Chase to get back. Uh, but, I mean, fantastic game for Joe Mixon, for sure. Really cool story as brothers Shane and Brandon Zilstra got bumped up from the practice squad and got to share the field with each other for the first time in their lives. Shane caught his first career touchdown pass as the Detroit Lions finally got back in the win column, beating the Green Bay Packers, which is something everyone seems to be doing these days. They won 15-9. Ben, the man who holds the record for touchdown-to-interception ratio, Aaron Rodgers, threw three interceptions, and all three coming in the red zone, which is an absolute killer, something he never does. I mean, replace one of those interceptions with a touchdown, and Packers win this game. I, I just don't think he cares. I really do. That's just my demeanor of what I'm thinking that he, he just does not care this year. I mean, they had, they had one play that I watched. Uh, they had, it was red zone. Like you said, did a play action and then had like an offensive lineman or something like that. Cross body pass from Aaron Rodgers. He didn't even get it close to him. Totally underthrew the guy got picked off. I mean, I, I just don't get what's going on. He lost another receiver. Romeo Dobbs just went down. I'm thinking it, it didn't look good. He was, carted off with his ankle. Uh, so he just keeps losing receivers. Not that he had any receivers to begin with. I just, I think he's throwing in the towel and he, and we're not even, we're, well, like you said, we're halfway through. I just think he's given up. 
but I'm happy to see the Detroit Lions get a win because they've been in a lot of games and seen it gone the other way. But just seeing those two brothers being on the same field was pretty remarkable and, and awesome for them, one of them to get a touchdown. You think the Packers are having any regrets not trading Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? I probably, I, I would say probably, but I would think Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Why'd I come back I just, for this? <laughs> yeah, but I, it just doesn't, it still doesn't make any sense because if the reports were true about him knowing Devontae Adams was going to get traded, yeah, why, why did he come back knowing this? And it had to be just money oriented for him. The game I would love to skip and not talk about was my Colts losing to the Patriots 26 to 3. Our offensive line is absolutely terrible, and that was on full display in this game as we gave up nine sacks. It's gotten so bad in Indy that head coach Frank Reich was fired on Monday, and then just last week we, they fired our offensive coordinator. Two weeks ago, owner Jim Mersey was quoted stating that Frank Reich was safe. His job was safe. Clearly, though, he's seen enough, and poor Frank got the boot. And I know he was very hurt by it and everything. One thing I don't understand is firing a coach in the middle of the season. I've never really got that. I mean, I understand you're trying to, like, somewhat right the ship, but it's like, I don't know. It, I feel like it just it messes with a team more than, you know, helps a team. So it's kind of like, okay, the season's kind of a wash. Just kind of ride it out. But anyways... Ursay didn't do that. This is actually the first time in 25 years of being an owner that Jim Ursay has fired a coach in the middle of the season. So kind of interesting Whoa. that he's <laughs> he's always seen it done other places and never wanted to do that and thankfully never had to, but I guess he said what he's saw enough, said enough was enough this time. Well, Ursay's plan is to bring in former Colts great Jeff Saturday to be the interim head coach. On one hand, this is a very head-scratching decision because Saturday has absolutely no NFL or college coaching experience. He's only coached at the high school level. But on the other hand, he knows the game. Obviously played the game, played it very well, had great success. And Ben, our offensive line has been our Achilles heel all season. So maybe, just maybe, someone who was one of the best on the offensive line can actually fix that problem and right the entire sinking ship that is the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Um, so first thing I'm going to go with, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't like the firing of coaches in the middle of the year. I hope it's a Philadelphia Philly situation because I mean, it took us to the world series. So like maybe this is a super bowl bound Indianapolis Colts now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm still, I, I think you said this last week. I'm still the head scratching part of it to me of the Indianapolis Colts is, is why is the offensive line coach still there? Like, I mean, this is like one of the worst, if not the worst offensive line that I've seen like in the past five years. And somehow, you know, offensive coordinator is gone. Frank Reich is gone, but he's still got a job. I don't understand that at all. But yeah, I do like the Jeff Saturday move. I, I, it definitely is a long shot. I mean, it's interim. They're not saying, you know, he's the new coach for the Colts. So I, I like that decision, at least there. But yeah, I mean, this guy was one of the best centers to ever play the game. So, I mean, if there's ever somebody that has experience for the offensive line, he's the guy to try to go grab and see, hey, who can, you know, you've got half a season left. Go see if you can right the ship and get everybody better. Get Jonathan Taylor going. Get Sam Ellinger going. Maybe you can put Matt Ryan back in there again if, if the offensive line gets better. 
Um, so I, I say go for it. I, if I'm the Colts, why not? What else you got to lose? I mean, you're, you're getting beat 26 to three. Why not take some, try something new? I, I, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing at all. Well, I listened to the, his press conference today and I'm actually really pumped up. He loves the organization. Good. He loves the city. He wants to do whatever he can to help us succeed. I love that when he was offered the job, he said he first and foremost had to talk to his wife first. Then they prayed together about it before giving Ursay an answer. He's already made a great impression with the players, and many have stated how energetic he is. I'm just hoping, hopefully, that energy bleeds into the players and feed, and they can feed off of it. Yeah, I like it. I hope it works. Well, I was disappointed I didn't get to do my cheer last week, so here it is. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I was in utter shock when I saw that the New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills 20-17. to Allen struggled in this one, throwing no touchdowns and not one, but two picks. Wilson wasn't anything special, but he was solid. Took care of the football, managed to throw a touchdown. Ben, we just talked about the Bills last week and how they better figure out how to put two halves together before the playoffs, so maybe this was a wake-up call for them. Also, how funny is it that their only two losses have both come at the hands of division opponents? Oh, yeah. No, very funny. Um... This yeah, this Jets team just reminds me of that team with Mark Sanchez. I mean, you had a I wouldn't even say average quarterback. You have an okay quarterback and defense basically, you know, runs the team, just runs the show. And and their defense has been fantastic for him this year. And Jack Wilson's has just been decent enough to kind of carry the offense a little bit. I, I don't think he's a very good quarterback at all. I, I think they're gonna get in trouble if they can't if their defense can't hold. I mean, there's no way they're gonna win a shootout in this game or in any game they're going to play. There's there's just no way. They're, they don't have a high, high enough powered offense to do that. But on the flip side with Josh Allen, he, he's just trying to do too much, man. I mean, just just trying to do way too much. You've, you've got to figure out this run game. You, you can't let Allen, because I know that now there's reports about him maybe missing this game against coming up against the Vikings. You've got to keep just keep track of him because he's going to take the hit, man. He doesn't go out of bounds. He literally will go straight to the sideline and be like, hey, I can get two, three more yards with getting whacked while I'm doing that. I mean, that's just the player he is, which it, it's cool that he's that kind of a player, but the dude's going to get hurt when he's running like 10 times a game. So uh, they just, they need to protect him. They need to get their, they need to get the running game going just get him out of there to where he's not running so much. I understand that's a lot, a biggest part of this game, but we'll see. I, I think this is definitely going to be, I thought the Bills were going to run away with the AFC, but now, now I'm thinking, oh man, it might be more wide open than we thought. Yeah, and you brought that up about him running and like not getting out of bounds, trying to get those extra few yards. It's like at the end of the day, man, it's not those two or three yards aren't worth missing yeah. two or three weeks, you know, or whatever, or even one week. Exactly. I mean, you got the Vikings exactly. this week, which Ben, I know you're probably like, hey, no Josh Allen, that'd be great. But I mean, yeah, you can't you can't do that to your team. And I feel like no. that was RG three, you know, when he was on the Redskins. Yes. You know, yeah, he was he was a great runner, but man, he was always trying to get those extra yards and he took some licks. And obviously yeah. he's not even he's not nearly as big as Josh Allen either, so his body just even more so just got beat up and I mean obviously had a short career because of it. Honestly, even Andrew Luck, the Colts, you know, I yeah. feel like he was yeah. I feel like he slid more than R G three, but even still he was a little bit bigger. He kind of felt like he could, you know, take it a little bit more and obviously he had some like some major issues that, you know, caused him to retire early as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta look at the here and now and you know, what's best for your team, but also your future too, man. Like don't want to risk 
yeah you know a, a long-term injury either you know so just just be smart mm-hmm. speaking of the vikings kurt cousins received the game ball after leading the vikings to a comeback win 2017 against the team where he started his nfl career the commanders formerly known as the redskins while in the locker room he couldn't help leading his team to a chant of you like that a phrase he started during his time in washington Ben, your Vikings have won six in a row and are running away with the NFC North. Kirk Cousins is an idiot, man. <laughs> you see him, see him on the airplane? Like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, you are an idiot. <laughs> you were such an idiot. He's having um, fun, though. You I, know, so. I, I know. I, that's the most important thing. Listen, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm winning like we are, I'd be doing the same thing. I just... I don't see this team going far. I just... I really don't. The teams we've beaten... That over the six weeks of the Lions, the Saints, the Bears, Dolphins without Tua, Cardinals, and Commanders. I mean, it's not impressive, if I'm being honest. And then we lost to the Eagles. And then we were down 10 to the Commanders, man. So that's why I'm just like, I'm not I'm not really excited about this team. Our defense sucks. Uh, our offense should be a lot better. Hawkinson actually played really well. So, I mean, I was happy to see him out there to see. And it was nice to see him contribute. But I just I just don't see it. And, and I know, yeah, it'd be nice to see – Josh Allen not play against us, but honestly, we do terrible against backup quarterbacks. So, like, maybe I'd rather see Josh Allen out there because, like, he's he's doing okay, but he's not doing like as fast and fantastic as he was. But yeah, I just if Allen plays, I think we get blown out. I think if Keenum plays, I think we lose by maybe a touchdown. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm excited because yeah, I think we're gonna easily run away with the NFC North just because everybody else is losing. Uh, but I just, I see us, you know, first round exit in the playoffs. Like, I just don't, I don't see it this year. Well, here's another scenario, Ben. Uh, Allen plays, but he plays hurt. So then he's not contributing like he normally would. So then maybe that opens the door for you because maybe some of those throws he normally would make, he's got that hurt shoulder. He can't fully, you know, extend or whatever. And maybe you guys get a couple interceptions, you know, who knows, but sure. Just throwing that out there. Or we just bat the ball around and they catch the ball and run it for a touchdown or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I said, sorry, pessimistic side of me. <laughs> oh, it's all right. <laughs> well, I think Derek Carr listened to our episode from last week where we called him out for only targeting Adams twice because Devontae had 10 receptions for 146 yards and two touchdowns. Despite that, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars who got the win 27-20 over the Las Vegas Raiders. Ben, we mentioned last week also how the Jags have been right there in several games this season and are really better than their record shows. It was nice to see them finally get a win after struggling for several weeks. Yeah, I agree. I hate the team that they beat because I, I, I really do like this Raiders team. I just wish they would hold on to a lead. I mean, they were up 17 nothing and and blew another lead, but it's just, it's very, it's just a very odd team. I mean, yeah, like you said last week, I mean, barely threw the ball to Adams, so he corrected that, got the ball to Adams, and they still lost the game. But yeah, congrats to the Jaguars. I mean, it's it's about time. I mean, they've just, they've just been so close and just haven't been able to get the actual, you know, W. But Trevor Lawrence played well. Travis Etienne still playing well, uh, 109 yards. So it was good to see the Jaguars at least make a comeback after being down 17. Seattle Seahawks continued their winning ways, beating the struggling Arizona Cardinals 31-21. Ben Geno Smith's been playing well all season. He continued that on Sunday, going 26 of 34 for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Did have a pick, but his team got the win. Yeah, I mean, I think if you told if you told a lot of people halfway through the year that Seattle Seahawks 
Hawks were going to be six and three and be in first place in the NFC West. I think they would have laughed in your face because like <laughs> nobody would have ever thought that. I never would have thought that. I would have. I would have been one of the ones laughing in your face because I've been like, nah, that's, there's no way. This team is definitely tanking. I, I Gino, man. I mean, he's he's found he's found something. I don't know what he where he went to go get it, but he's found something. He's been playing just out of his mind. Um, I mean, the Seahawks really do have a decent offense. I mean, they've got Kenneth Walker who played well this game too. He's a, he's a great rookie running back from Michigan State. I mean, they've got you know Tyler Lockett. They've got DK Metcalf. That they've got some good receiving core. So like honestly, Gino has just been playing great. So it's really cool to see him see him kind of you know hushing the doubters and everything like that. It's, it's just nice to see the Seahawks winning like this. It's, it's just really refreshing. Here's a stat for you, Ben. Geno Smith could throw his next 34 consecutive passes into the dirt, and he would still have a higher completion percentage than Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well, Tom Brady stepped to the podium and spoke about how good it felt to end his longest losing streak in 20 years. In more colorful language, of course, but I won't say. His Buccaneers had just knocked off the Rams 16-13 as he drove them 60 yards and 35 seconds to take the Rams' soul. Brady completed the go-ahead touchdown pass with only nine seconds remaining. Then Brady became the first quarterback to reach 100,000 yards, including regular and postseason. However, due to his divorce, he's only allowed to keep 50,000 of those yards. Oh, stop Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, this was just unfortunately vintage Tom Brady. And, and, and this is all the Rams' fault. I mean, honestly, they both play terrible. I mean, they both look like they have been all year. Rams really, uh, Cooper Cup, man, they had had the ball. Bucks got stopped on fourth down, fourth and goal. They had the ball, second down, Cooper Cup got the little, what's that play call? The camera was not, not like, almost like a reverse, basically, and ran five yards and then slid just because he wanted to stay in bounds to run the clock. They, but they still had, you know, they still had two timeouts and everything like that. But he, Travis, he easily could have had the first down. I mean, it, even if he didn't get the first down, he could have set up like a third and one, third and two situation or something like that. But instead, you know, they, with the rule, when you start the slide, that's where they're going to mark you. And yeah, sure enough, he lost like two, three yards because he slid and it was third and five and they've got no running game with Daryl Henderson. But just, just frustrating to see them not be able to pull that out, but great job to Tom Brady. I mean, he definitely took him down, you know, 40 seconds left, 44 seconds in the game uh, to take the lead and, and basically seal the deal. So I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those turning point things where they're going to now be like, okay, let's start playing Buccaneer football and start blowing people out. I hope that's not the case, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, the hug he gave to Byron Leftwich there on the sideline after he came yeah. over to the touchdown definitely looked like a, just a lot of relief and just happiness yes. of his, it's about time. So, yeah. yeah, good for the Bucks to finally get a win there. Well, there's no credibility to this story whatsoever, so let me start off by saying that. But an interesting plot in this whole Tom Brady saga that was revealed just this last week. During the offseason, Tom agreed to a contract with Fox Sports that's 10 years for $375 million once he retires for good. What if he knew the divorce was coming and didn't want to have to split that mega deal with his wife, so he came back to play one more season? Now, she makes way more money than him, so it's not like she needed it. But if I'm Tom and things are already bad, I don't want to give her any more money than I already have to, you know? I hope that's not true. But, yeah, I mean, I just, there wouldn't be any. It just would be weird for why he would do that. I, don't, I mean, hopefully it's not true. I hope not, yeah. <laughs> weird, weird twist. Weird twist. 
The Chiefs beat the Titans 2017 in overtime to improve to 6-2. and two. Listen to these stat lines from the quarterbacks that couldn't be further apart. Willis for the Titans was 5 of 16 for 80 yards, while Mahomes was 43 of 68, which is crazy. He threw it almost 70 times, had one touchdown and one interception. Tennessee relied on Derrick Henry as they normally do, and he had 17 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns. Ben, do you feel like if Tannehill would have been playing this game, the Titans would have won? Well, no, I'm not, I'm not super high on Tannehill. So, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, they might have had a better chance because Malik Willis definitely did not play well. And I'm really cheering for this kid because I, I, I liked him coming out of Liberty. So, like, I mean, this is just his rookie year. He's kind of been thrown into it the last two weeks with Tannehill being out. Uh, I mean, Tennessee, I feel like they should have ran Henry more. I mean, I know Willis only threw 16 passes, but the dude did not not look good. I mean, they don't really have a good receiver either to help him out. But I would say, I mean, he he managed the game, I thought, pretty well. I mean, 17 to 9 going into the fourth quarter had had a chance to at least pull it out. But obviously, Mahomes and the Chiefs got it done. But yeah, I I, I think, yes, I think Tannehill probably would have helped him for sure. I just don't know if it would have put him over the top. The Baltimore Ravens won their third straight game as they beat the New Orleans Saints 27-13. Been a good win for the Ravens, but I think for me the more impressive thing was seeing Justin Tucker kick 70-yard field goal before the game. Like, what in the world? From the opposite 40. <laughs> Dude, that guy has got steroids written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> I love his little comments after the game that they video him on the plane too, but he is just on another level, man. I mean, just an absolute beast of a kicker. And I I hope he keeps kicking for a while. I mean, he could be here till he's 50 and probably still hitting 70 yard field goals. I just want, I want to see him. I know he hit that 66 yarder against the lions a few years back. I want to see him get a chance at a 70. Like how crazy, how crazy is it? Think if you're down with 20 seconds left by a field goal, all you got to do is get to your like you know forty yard line, and you got a chance to kick a game tying field goal. That's insane. Yeah, crazy. that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I wish they'd let. Yeah, hope he'd get a chance one of these one of these games. And I think yeah. there at the, at the end he technically probably could have, but they went ahead and punted the ball away, which I mean was the smart thing. I mean they yeah. were up and all that, but yeah, hopefully one of these days they'll need it to tie or win a game, and he'll just step up and <laughs> it'll be so weird yeah. seeing him kick from the. Other side of the 50-yard line and be like, what is going on right now? But And maybe it's not that realistic because in an actual game, you know, I mean, obviously you got to kick it lower, so there's a really good chance it's probably going to get blocked. So probably can't right. happen, but, hey, maybe they can at least try it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like when I did it, when, when you played Madden back in the day and you would put your kicker kick power all up to 99. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's just it's crazy to see. Well, that's going to do it for this NFL Week 9 recap on Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. Travis and Ben signing off.